Hi everyone, I'm super excited today to be in New Orleans with my line sisters, my sorority sisters of Omega Phi Beta, and we are going to talk about our first gen journeys to Yale and why we decided to found Omega Phi Beta at Yale, and also just generally about grad school, different considerations, what the benefits are and what the drawbacks are. So... Maria, do you want to introduce yourself first? <laughs> do you want to share what you think is most important the listeners should know about you? Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> so hi, I'm Maria Jimenez Zapata, originally from Bakersfield, California. Mm-hmm. So Yes, repping the Central Valley. Central yes. Valley. <laughs> uh, I'm currently living in Seattle, Washington, which is overwhelmingly white, but made mm-hmm. it a point to find my community there and mm-hmm. connect with what makes me feel grounded. Mm. Nice. Good. Evelyn, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Evelyn Nunez, and I'm currently based out of Chicago, which is my hometown. I recently made the move back last year. It's been close to a year since I've been back home after being away after being away for about seven years. Wow. Yeah, it's been a really long time, but I'm really pumped to get back to Chicago and connect with a lot more of the local organizing and activism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been, so for the last about four years doing different kind of legal work oh, um, yes. and currently thinking more about like future steps in my journey. So. Like law school or not? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a consideration. Law school or restaurant empire? Yes. Both. Or both. <laughs> Why limit ourselves? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. So I've shared my first gen story before, and I know that a lot of listeners are first gen themselves and really appreciate that conversation. And so I feel like people would also really appreciate if you all shared your first gen stories. And because I mean, it is so amazing, like to be mm-hmm. the first in your family to graduate from college and then to do that at a place like Yale. Yeah. So I don't know who wants to start first. If, like, what like came to mind when I first asked you all about your first gen journeys? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that came to mind is for me, I, my family was pretty, was pretty good about like, okay, you got to continue your education. You Mm -hmm. have to go to college. And I had a lot of really supportive people in my life that helped get me there. Mm -hmm. But I never had anyone then tell me like, okay, what happens now once you're in college? And then what happens after Mm -hmm. college? Good point. And so college was really hard in that I'd always thought of it as just like, okay, you made it once you're there. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I realized that, no, there was this whole series of, like, unspoken rules. Mm-hmm. There was this game that you were supposed to play yeah. that I had. I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. Right. yeah. And it took me so long to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then one thing that was harder, too, was... So growing up in Bakersfield is predominantly Mexican. Mm-hmm. And so I always, like, you know, my family, like, we speak Spanish to each other, like... We eat all the Mexican food. Like, mm-hmm. I was very grounded in my sense of Mexicanness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then going to Yale or really just like outside of California and yeah. then interacting with other types of Latinos. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. That was then, huge like, for me too. Or I had to really explore like what Latinidad meant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And especially because like my friends growing up were all like in the same boat of like, yes, we listen to like Spanish music, but it was more like mm-hmm. That wasn't our predominant choice of listening to music. <gasps> we just in a country music? No, no, no. Oh, really? <laughs> Girl, I'm in Bakersfield, California. Isn't that the other alternative? I mean, there's hip hop and R&B on the radio station too. Okay, like, okay, okay. You know, and listen to like English music. <laughs> I'm that Bay Area bitch right now. It's like, oh my god. It's like what? <laughs> they play country in Bakersfield. That's awful. No, so it's just like 
you know, it's like music we appreciate and love, but like my friends and I talk to each other in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. kind of like would listen to English music. Yeah. And so then going to Yale, like it was very different, especially because mm-hmm. you saw like a lot of, especially like a lot of Latinos that were like international students. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so right. like I didn't find myself fitting in with like the Mexican Students Association because I was like, they're very, very wealthy. Real. Very yeah. wealthy, very wex- Mexican to a different extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like Mecha at that time, like I wasn't, I was very earlier in like my, like, I guess, like, I don't know, political awakening, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm radical enough for that. <laughs> Real. And then, like, there was no other space. Right. Other than, like, these very specific other groups, like the Puerto Rican group or, like, yeah. or, like the Dominican Students Association. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in so many ways, like, I wasn't connected to that. Yeah. yeah. Until then, like, very later on, like, senior year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when I found it, then I was like... Where was this my whole life? Right. This is a game changer. Yeah. yeah. And like, I was able to end it on a positive note, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but starting it was in the first couple of years were, were rough. Yeah. Yeah. I relate that to that real. too as a Salvadorian because there was no Salvi mm-hmm. group on campus. There was when I was a senior mm-hmm. and it was really small. And you know, I feel like I could have done more to support it, but at the time I just like went to events because I was like, this is really cool. Bell some of my way out, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, good luck. <laughs> But I I really wish that I would have had something like that. I, I feel blessed because being a peer liaison was my entryway into the La Casa community. Mm. And I found that you myself. You my peer liaison. Yes! <laughs> I remember those dinners. <laughs> so peer liaisons was a group at Yale. And I was actually really amazing because we got paid to do this work. So it's mm-hmm. like work study. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually just like forming relationships with people, mm-hmm. which is really nice. And like spending time going to coffee uh, like having meals together yeah um, we did talk about academics <laughs> <laughs> true i feel like i remember at dinner we were like talking about like my rough long distance relationship at that point oh my god what did i say so. i'm so intrigued my past self's understanding of relationships was so trash <laughs> yeah. i don't i honestly don't i was going through like a rough period so mm. i think whatever it is that you said was helpful okay, i'm no yeah. longer in that maybe it was just comforting maybe i didn't give advice i was just like hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Evelyn? Yeah, so I so I'm the daughter of Mexican immigrants, and I was mm-hmm. also the first in my family to go to college. And I think so. I if it was the same as what you were saying, Maria. Of like my family, the message that they always like pushed very hard was like you have to go to college, mm-hmm. you have to go to school. But I think it wasn't really clear to me like what that looked like. I, yeah. I think my a lot of like developing what or like where I wanted to go or like how to apply and all of that was like mm-hmm. very much like me mm-hmm. and so there's so many considerations yeah size of school location right is it private is it public exactly I not to look for any of that I was yeah. like which has the most financial aid yeah exactly. <laughs> well that's very smart <laughs> I mean, yeah um and I think my family honestly had the idea that I was gonna stay in Chicago yeah so I think it was it was a really difficult conversation when like I ultimately made the decision to go to Yale Mm -hmm. even though it ended up being like a cheaper option than like actually staying in Chicago Mm -hmm. but like navigating that process was like something that I had to do on my own and Thankfully, I also had, like, counselors that at my high school who took interest enough to be like, mm-hmm. hey, you should look at this program. You should go visit these colleges. Mm-hmm. There's a free program that, like, Chicago coordinates for high school students to actually go visit colleges. But, like, mm. if I didn't have any of that, I'm pretty sure, like, my journey would have looked so different. Yeah. And, and I think even within that, it's, like, a very – and, like, within the work that my counselor did, it was also very surface level of, like – 
you like just get to college and then not preparing you for like what that would look like because I remember I remember like when I did cultural connections Mm -hmm. like the pre-orientation program that was amazing yeah it's like it was it was I was like oh yeah this is all this was like all my like first gen POC at I was like wow this is so beautiful I'm like Mm -hmm. so hype and then day one of like camp y'all starts and you're like oh what oh wow (laughs) okay this yeah. is the, the, rest the real of this university is white yeah. and healthy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was like that was a really big culture shock for me. And I think like I was in no way prepared to deal with that yeah. when I got when I got to Yale. And like even having conversations with my family about it, like it just wasn't it wasn't like a thing that I think that they could really understand. No. So I think the like the La Casa community for me was honestly like the way that I was able to survive Yale in many, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I think uh, other friends, like, talked about this, how, like, they considered transferring. And honestly, I think there was, like, a period, like, that first semester mm-hmm. where I, like, strongly considered, like, did I make a mistake yeah. coming here? Like, should I just go back home and, like, be with my family? Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it honestly was, like, really rough. Mm. Um, but I think I found La Casa was, like, a, a grounding point for me. Mm-hmm. And I think... Finding my voice through activism mm. was also super important. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like that was where I started to realize that for me, community is a big sense like community building is a big sense of power. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. And like through not only Mecha, but also getting involved in more local New Haven work, mm-hmm. I think was super important because it also reminds you that it's not just everything that you're going through in the institution. It's like it's an institution that's a bubble within like the rest of the world yeah and yale has a really problematic presence in new haven because it acts as a gentrifier in the downtown Mm -hmm. and there's a really awkward relationship between like poor black and brown community of new haven Mm -hmm. and these like really elite yale students who Mm -hmm. like have volunteer opportunities that oftentimes feel voyeuristic right and so yeah. it's that's why it's important to get that outside perspective. Right. You know? Because yeah. that's how I fe- found those things out. It's like when I left mm-hmm. Yale and people were talking about, oh, yeah, Yale's problematic for this reason. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's funny. I can relate to y'all about, or I can, about your parents not wanting you to leave Chicago. Mm-hmm. My mom was intensely like that like yeah she she was like trying to incentivize me to go to stanford or berkeley especially mm-hmm. like when she figured out that like i wanted to go to yale because mm-hmm. um, i got in early i applied early mm-hmm. yeah oh and another thing i want to add is that like similar to y'all if i hadn't had very specific support that i had in high school i would mm. not have been at a place like Yale. like yeah i think it's really important to point that out because i i don't mm-hmm. want our stories to be like to act as a facade against the structural things that actually keep students of color out like yes we are a success story but that is Mm -hmm. because we had the specific kind of support that you need to get there you know yeah yeah like i didn't even know what ivy leagues were until like sophomore year of high school yeah yeah like what are these things who are they seems like only like really really like intensely intelligent people go there like i will never be there and it wasn't until I had gotten, like, a postcard to apply for this, like, minority, what is it, it was called MITES, if I'm forgetting what it stands for, but, like, basically to get minorities into engineering Mm -hmm. at MIT. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, wait, this is how you know my friend Daryl. Oh, yeah! Yeah, he lives in Tucson, we hang out. What? Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
2018. Yeah, I love him. Yes, he always talks the about you so fondly. so small. I like dated him on your wedding. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, and he visit you and Daryl. Yeah. Okay. Wow. One of my favorite people this is the first time Maria mm-hmm. said she's gonna visit me in Tucson. Glad Daryl is the convincing factor. Right. No, there's more. I'll try to not take that person. You also have this recorded, time stamped. <laughs> I do. Maria said she would come visit me. <laughs> no, but so um, so I did this program right, and it was like the first time I was like with with other predominantly Christian students of color that were like, yeah, I want to go to Harvard. Mm-hmm. I want to go to like mm-hmm. Dartmouth. Like I want to yeah. go to MIT. And I was like. Right. Wait, 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 we, we can do that? Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, wait, I'm here on this level with y'all. That means, like, I can do that too. Right. Yeah, right. And it was, and I think it was also something special about hearing it from your peers instead of, like, mm-hmm. having someone else tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're, like, when adults tell you some of this thing, you're, like, I don't know. You don't know how this really works. Right. Yeah. But then, like, seeing other people say it so confidently about themselves and just, like, yeah. being in those spaces. And it's just, like... Yeah. This isn't my world of possibility. Mm-hmm. Wow. And like I remember mm-hmm. like that was such a moment because before I before that summer I had not even considered applying to like any of the IVs. I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. No, I definitely can relate to that. Yeah. I, I had this counseling program called Achieve mm-hmm. and it was for like first gen, low income, black and brown and Latinx light skinned people like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to just do college prep and mm-hmm. they had all these different factors that they wanted us to look at like do you want a small school do you want a medium-sized school like do you want a place that feels intimate do you want to be like mm-hmm. amongst a ton of different people like mm-hmm. they like these asked us to reflect on things that I would never have thought about because right I, I don't know like I didn't know what a college experience should be like so I wasn't thinking about the different factors that would make it mm-hmm. bad or good for me yeah and the the <laughs> It's just the reason I ended up going to Yale is because I really wanted to be a writer. That's what I, that was mm-hmm. like my profession of choice when I was eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to write. I was like trying to figure out how to get threads there. of that. You mm-hmm. know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be basic, but Toni Morrison wrote, started her first novel when she was forty. So I have time. You're like it's possible. Mm-hmm. Like, always have time. Yeah. Yes, that's true. There's always time. I'm to a make, young take, 27. Yeah, <laughs> and always take changes in your in your journey. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I ended up going to Yale because I like Googled best college newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Yale Daily the News. White no, end. Yeah. Literally. And then the Yale Daily News came up, and I was like, okay. I'm going to go to Yale. That's going to be my first choice. It was like literally because like an activity that had been assigned to me. It was like, look at all these different factors and then come up with a list of your favorite places. And so I was like, okay. Oh, okay. Yale's my number one choice. <laughs> Wait, did you even ever write for the YDN? I did. I was oh, sta- you did? Yeah, I was a staff reporter my freshman year. I wrote about arts and culture. Yeah, I was on the weekend. You know the weekend? Yes. 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 The cooler part of the YDN. I'm going to have to go back and look at oh, your uh, I wonder if I ever took any photos this. from your articles. <laughs> I feel like we like I f- I would see you in the building, but really? I, yeah, but I don't think we ever like interacted because no. yeah, because you were in photography. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think so. I feel like I ended up in three of us. Who? Who else? Celine was also white. Celine, Celine, oh, Celine. Was that production yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny because yeah. that's like all aspects of it. Yeah, like yeah. Celine and the photography. And Celine and, and, and I were there together. If like y'all... staying up late nights. Oh, there. you did. That's so. Oh, yeah. That's how I, I got to know. I, I forget about that connection. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. If all three of you had been on YDN, like leading all these different sections oh. of YDN, oh, oh my God, powerhouses. 
I wanted to do that, Why but do then the so reason different? I didn't is because I decided to get more involved in La Casa. Mm. Yeah, because I became yeah. I did became a PL, and then what's the other thing that I did at La Casa? I don't. Were you staff? No. Oh mm. no no no! I decided to do Melon Maze actually. Oh, oh yes yes mm, yes. So yeah. I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like actually. These institutions of higher education are very problematic, and mm-hmm. I want to have a podcast so that these ideas can be publicly heard. Yes, democratize knowledge. Yes, yes, yes. TBT. Democratizing knowledge. It is interesting thinking when you were saying the program was related to like getting students and like students of color into engineering. I that made me remember I did two programs in high school that were geared at getting also students of color into um like medical school mm-hmm. or like bio, the sciences and that also like reminded me that I think a lot of tracks too it is like very a very set pipeline yes. of like it getting students into like stem or like law and like very confined certain professions mm-hmm. and I think that from like a very early age like I also was primed to think about the work that I wanted to do within like law or like right. medicine or science right. and it wasn't until I think college and through like getting involved in La Casa and local activism that I actually started thinking about like professions and work outside of that that it didn't have to be confined to this like professional class that right. it could be yeah. like work that was a lot more creative I feel like that's true for you too Maria right like mm-hmm. like when you were 10 did you know what a master's in public administration was <laughs> <laughs> no yeah so like how did you come to decide that that was the right master's program for you and what you wanted to do mm-hmm. so I was a psychology major and then when I was like graduating I was like well crap I didn't play this game I didn't play things out right I did not like do these internships that would have like led to a future job and I was just like but then I reflected, like, what was it that I participated in? And mm-hmm. it was things like dealing like, with youth and, like, mm-hmm. youth empowerment kind of, kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, well, let me explore this for a little bit. And so then, like, I did a year of AmeriCorps. And so working as an after-school teacher for second graders. And it was in, a, in San Jose. And so when I was working there, I was the only Spanish speaker on the after-school team. So then I connected <laughs> wow. a lot with them. I connected in San Jose? Yeah. It's a predominantly Latinx San Jose. city. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. And so then I would connect a lot with the parents. Like, they would trust me. I'd talk to them. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's cool to help them in school, but I wanted to connect with families a little bit more directly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then I went into this kind of, like, case management role in Connecticut working directly with families. And when I was there, then I was kind of debating. I'm like, do I want to go into social work or do I want to do, mm-hmm. you know, something else? And that's when, like, public policy kind of popped onto my radar mm-hmm. because I realized, like, a lot of these challenges that these families were facing – were not like individual challenges these were like systemic barriers Mm -hmm. and that while yes it was important to help them on a personal level like if we weren't addressing those root causes then families were going to continue going through these same problems right Mm -hmm. and also realizing like who are the people making decisions and it's Mm -hmm. not people from our communities it's not people that like Mm -hmm. have done their been Mm -hmm. that like know what those consequences are Mm -hmm. or sometimes you know they're doing it intentionally yeah Yeah. yes and so it's just like how do scary thing yeah it's like okay how do i what do I need to do to be able to, like, be in those decision-making spaces and, mm-hmm. like, have the proper tools to, like, m- make informed decisions with, like, these new tools that I'm getting and that, like, combine my background and experience and my knowledge, like, my lived experience. Mm. And so I looked at public policy for a bit, but that felt very, like, 
quant heavy. Oh, it, oh, it is. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Mm. and then I looked at social work and I was just, okay, that's a little bit more like on the ground than I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, there's this thing called public administration that mm-hmm. is not really both, but it's a little bit more in between. Yeah. yeah. That is a little bit more like managing an administration. And I, there's still some quant, mm-hmm. but then the program that I found was cooler because it very much like was not as focused on the quant. Like even in the classes that I did, yes, we had to do it, but we had to choose our own projects. Yeah. And so then I got to explore like different things that I was interested in at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was more of just like the sense of like public service and giving back mm-hmm. in a way that helped me honor everyone, all the different types of communities and populations that have helped me get to get work to where I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that on- also honored like me and my skills and abilities. Yes. Yeah. And like being able to like use my full potential in ways that like Mm-hmm. I didn't get to do necessarily doing direct service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really smart. And I really appreciate like you that distinction between more like systemic level work versus more direct legal services because yeah. I'm currently grappling with that myself because mm-hmm. for a little less than a year, I was at, for the past year, I was doing deportation defense of folks who were detained and that's really being on the front lines and like Mm -hmm. it was so emotionally draining because I was because in that job like you said you don't get to address systemic barriers right you're just helping this individual with their case Mm -hmm. it's a band-aid but I felt like it was my honor to accompany folks on this journey that Mm. was probably like one of the hardest of their life and like to be able to be a compassionate person to them in a context where they were being dehumanized mm-hmm. where like our little village Calsonador were like <laughs> we're like brought what like an hour and a half away from Santo Domingo okay mm-hmm. so it's cool because it's like in the mountains and rivers Ooh, and creeks that's pretty and stuff. yeah 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 so I love all of that mm-hmm. the little countryside and do you want to share your first gen journey we were talking about the, all the like the ways that we were able to get to Yale, you know, all the support that we had to get there, and why we decided to go, like why we were attracted to that idea. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. So, huh? So I don't know. Like my story is not that interesting. Um, it was because yeah. it wasn't planned. Like I tend to be a planner. Yeah. Mm. For a lot of the things that I do, like mm-hmm. I remember when I took like an algebra class in middle school, and we were doing like surface area and whatever, and we had to like architect our own bedroom. Like I architected a whole apartment. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I was like, in five years, I'm gonna have this whole ass apartment oh with like god, cheetah print so walls. Yeah, it was really bad. Like it was horrible design. That's too much. But I got like excited. I like planned out my life, like five years, oh, ten year plan, whatever. I love wow. it. Yeah, wow. but it was like oh, that's I very was... detailed too. Yeah, yeah. apartment unit place. <laughs> <laughs> but my dreams were like very they're very humble dreams like i wanted to be like uh what's it called air hostess mm-hmm. they call it um so air stewardess or whatever there's another name for that and i can't flight attendant that. thank you flight attendant or secretary because i just remember like i want to be like in a business suit so that's what i'm thinking like that's all i know that's the only women that i see are like air hostesses flight attendants or secretaries so i'm like that's what i want to do and i'm gonna have this cheetah print house <laughs> and that's that but um as i was growing up it's just you know being like the oldest in from my like generation and my mm. siblings and us coming from such a big family there was like a lot of stress to be you know like yeah. de casa, be stay at home yeah. like everything you know mom yeah. sister taking care of 
the older generation and then also being a role model and taking care of the younger generation, especially because it was me and eight boys for the longest time. That's very gendered too yeah, for exactly. you to be like, la mujer de la casa. Yeah. yeah, and all my sisters came like super at the end. So it was mm-hmm. me and eight boys for the longest time. So like you said, that's very gendered. <laughs> so I was like, mm, you know, senior year was coming. My family was like, yes, sis, like yeah. you're 18. Oh, like what's God. up? Yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, like they were happy that I would try to do things at school, but they were more interested, I feel, in, like, making sure that I was, like, a well-rounded ama de casa. And mm-hmm. the closer I got to that being a reality, I was, like, mm-hmm. the more I feel I rebelled from it. Yeah. So yeah. I was just, like, I the only ways for me to get out of my house are marrying out mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe trying out this whole career thing and going to college. Yeah. And I didn't really know much about it because, like, my school was really racist, so, like, they didn't really <gasps> give me much, like, really mm-hmm. good advice about wow. college. But I heard from some of my white friends that, like there's this thing called Ivy League schools and that, like, you can get full rides if you get accepted. So I was like, oh, facts? Cool. So I, like, did a Google search um, on the school computer, (laughs) found out about Harvard and Brown. And I remember seeing, like, Columbia and UPenn. I was like, okay, like, that's still too close to Jersey. Like, my family could pop up on me at any moment. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, too close. I would think about that, too. That is so funny. Yeah, so I'm like, aren't there any Ivy League schools in Alaska? (laughs) (laughs) No? All right. And yeah, and, and I thought about Stanford when I found out about Stanford, but mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, too far. Like, I don't know any Dominicans in California. So I was there very much many. like, no, there's, there's no salami, which oh, people really? are very upset about. <laughs> oh. queso de Or queso de frío. That is too funny. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I don't know about <laughs> Cali, but I hear a lot about Boston and, you know, Pedro Martinez and all of these Manny, Ramirez, and all these other baseball players within the Red Sox. I was like, okay, that shit sounds like mad Dominican. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. Let's see how it goes. So I applied to Boston. Um, so I applied to Brown. And Harvard, and those are my only two ones. So I was like, "What? Whatever. Like, if I don't make it, it's not meant to be." Mm-hmm. Um, you only applied to those two schools. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, and I was like living my best life working at TJ Friday. So I was like, if I don't get in, <laughs> like I'm all set. Like you know, when you're in the hood, it's like, and you're making a hundred dollars like every other day. You're like, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, I am set for life. I'm good. It's yeah. Friday, Friday, I'm good. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm good. I'm living, honey. Um, um, but yeah, so I was like trying to run away from this whole thing of like being a housewife, yes. applied to these two schools. I was like, if it happens, you know, God wills it so. So I went ahead, you know, thank God I actually got accepted into both of them. But wow, I was like, mm, these schools, I know they'd be mad shiesty. And my grandmother very much like uh, raised me to be like a very aware immigrant. Like that's something that I people have asked me about like sometimes like why do you like where do you associate in terms of like your Dominicanness, your womanness, and like all these other things. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm an immigrant first. Because mm-hmm. that is exactly how my grandmother, like, raised me to be. Like, mm-hmm. I had my social security memorized. I had my kitty ID number wow. memorized. I had, like, mm-hmm. all my things memorized. Wow. Because in Miami, you know, you face, like, a lot of discrimination, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, you never know. And they will always be, like, you know, los americanos, like, they could, like, mess with you. They could play with you. You get deported. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, very important for you to know your information. Mm-hmm. So, That's so real. Like, yeah. I think... I was telling Maria and Evelyn earlier today that I experienced that in Tucson of, like, I get racially profiled there in a way that I did not in California because... Really? Yeah, because there's just this expectation that if you're Latinx, you're an immigrant. Yeah, and now I'm now I'm mm. kind of becoming more aware of these things that people who are vulnerable to deportation face, which is, like, needing to memorize... Or, like, if you're... Even if you're a citizen living there, of needing to memorize... Your social security number of mm-hmm. like you know like we've heard about citizens being detained, mm-hmm. and that's happening in places where there are immigrant heavy populations and people. Ha- I heard actually now that we're in Louisiana, I'll share the story. I heard that some uh, there was a U.S. citizen who was detained after they're supposed to be released from jail for ICE, mm-hmm. and the reason for and then the person who is 
at the jail was like, oh, honey, you have a Spanish last name. They mm. always hold y'all for ice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that and that's something that I'm just coming to be aware of now because I grew up in the in California in the Bay Area specifically, and uh, yeah, I'm only now becoming more aware of these of these different things that occur when you're in a border town or where you're in a place that's like very immigrant heavy. Immigrant heavy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like living in Florida, you know, it's like everyone was especially Miami. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In Miami, everyone was from someplace else. Mm-hmm. So in a way, we were all the same boat, like. And it was funny because I still remember to this day, like, the names of, like, the one white person that we knew. Who was, like, American white, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're like, you you really white? Like, oh, wow. Because, like, even if you were, like, you know, Persian or, like, Lebanese <laughs> or whatever, like, you have a nationality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it was, to your point, very, very racially diverse. So that was, like, the immigrant thing was what I was raised with. So mm-hmm. I was always raised to be very skeptical of the white US Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. government, yeah. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I looked sure. at, and the reason why I bring this up is because I looked at the school's endowments. Wow. Um, so I was like, yes. yeah, and I obviously like have no understanding of like finance or economy or how that works. And I was like, mm-hmm. if these Tim, people you're were to steal their money. You're one of the most financially literate people I know. Oh, mm-hmm. really? They're so sweet. Yes. So just, it's all powered by fear. It's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's all powered by like, if shit hits the fan and these people lose like billions of dollars, who would still be in good standing to allow me to be here for mm-hmm. free? Because I had never heard of like full ride scholarships. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? Where are you getting this money from? And mm-hmm. all of that. So I saw Brown's endowment. I saw Harvard's endowment. And I was like, okay, this one looks a bit more financially secure. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, come for, you know, pre-frosh, whatever. So that's how I ended up there. But it was all very much, like I said, powered by fear. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of like prayer and trying to like ask around like, hey, what are you guys doing? And asking people like about their experiences, you know, my white peers about what they've been hearing in their college visits because Harvard is the only school I visited. Mm. <laughs> okay. wow. Pam's that bitch so. is like, I went to one college and it was Harvard. And then I got <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I, I didn't know anything. It's just I applied last minute. Like, if you see my Harvard application, girl, you'd be so embarrassed. Like, uh, no, Pam. I printed it out. Yeah, Pam, you got it in. Oh, I did. It's not about the content. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying, like, I printed out my application because we didn't have, like, a good computer at home or anything. Oh, yeah. So I printed it out. I just filled it out during, like, lunch periods. (laughs) So it's, like, black ink, purple ink, green ink. (laughs) Like, whatever pen I had at the moment. Oh, my God. I I would just, like, continue the application. (laughs) It was, like, folded. (laughs) Yeah. And I, like, had to, like, back stamp it. Because I was like a day late. I was like, oh my god! You know, immigrant teens. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely very late. I'm like, oh, they probably won't even read these like until much later. But no, they're like, no, we take that deadline very seriously. But everything worked out at the end. Should we all go around and share why we decided to be a part of OPB? Sure. Okay, who wants to start? I can start okay, yeah. for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. And so when I heard that there was this idea of bringing like a Latina sorority to campus, mm-hmm. and when I saw who was interested, especially all of you, I'm like, oh my god, these are women that I find like so inspiring and amazing. Oh, no. It's like, okay, let me let me hang out with them for a bit. Let me see what's going on. I just get so emotional. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, we're all so <laughs> and so that was definitely like a big appeal to it. It's just mm-hmm. like being able to find like my space mm-hmm. within like the Latino culture at Yale. Mm-hmm. And especially with all of you all that like, mm-hmm. I knew who you all were, you know, like, and then also just like in going to events and then meeting the other sisters. And again, mm-hmm. being able to be a powerful, strong Latina women in yeah, ways yes. that like, 
I didn't necessarily have growing up either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just like really seeing how people like were like warm and open and like, I think everyone else that I met was pretty much like first gen too and like so yeah. also knew yeah. those struggles. Yeah, for sure. Very true. And that there wasn't this like weird power dynamic like you can tell like you know we're more yeah. or less from like coming from the same place. Yeah. yeah. Humble. Mm-hmm. That's real. Wow. And then I was just like I don't know. It's just like I didn't really know what to expect, but I was just like, okay, I trust these group of women. Yeah. Mm. And these other people, these other sisters seem cool. (laughs) And then it was just like, well, let's just keep going and then see what happens. Mm -hmm. Nice. Wow. I, I just like thought back to like the first time that we all like saw each other. Yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs> all the women yes, super cute. This. <laughs> Making me cry over here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember it was something that I'd like started looking more into my junior year because I'd been involved in a lot of different spaces, but I feel like mm-hmm. it was like very political like politically heavy yeah. and I think having a space where I could like specifically connect with other women of color and just focus on like building sisterhood building a deeper sense of community mm-hmm. I think was super important to me which I actually think is very political it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I, it's it was less In of a like care kind of way yeah, yeah yeah exactly which like I think protest can be like a form of healing and self-care but it's like a different kind of labor Mm -hmm. that I think I specifically wanted I like I was seeking out Mm -hmm. and yeah a lot of the honestly same as Maria all the women that were involved Mm -hmm. like I very much looked up to and I think realizing not only within Yale but also beyond Yale like just wanting other women that I could look up to and Mm -hmm. have as mentors Mm -hmm. was just super important to me yeah. Wait, Emma, do you want to talk more? Because, like, you were the one that, yeah. like... Yeah. You were the ones that really, like, led this effort. Yeah. And I we all just then joined on. Right. <laughs> we're like, that's a good idea. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I think for, I really liked the idea of making a statement and, like, being very... Existing very loudly mm. as women of color on Yale's campus. Mm-hmm. Because I had a really hard time navigating it. And... I really liked that, like, even though <laughs> I don't stroll, I, like, <laughs> I, I really like that aspect of the culture because it's super loud, it's bold, mm. you know, in these white spaces that make us want to feel small. Mm. And, like, apart from strolling, I think being a part of this organization that is, like, mm. Latina-oriented, is, was that the official mm-hmm. phrase? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Multicultural. Multicultural. But Latino oriented mm-hmm. <laughs> was a way to create that space at Yale. And, and like I talked about too, how there wasn't a Salvadorian group on campus. And so I would go to La Casa, but I wanted to be a part of a group where I felt like, like I, be- like I for sure belonged. Mm. And the, yeah, and I felt like us as a line were amazing. And mm. also like, and our deans were amazing, Joanie and Gabby and, like, I, mm-hmm. I go off of vibes, and, like, when we would do, when, because uh, there's also the betas in California that I would meet up with. Like, mm-hmm. Jeanette, for example. Oh, Jeanette. <laughs> for me, Jeanette's a huge reason why I'm a part of OPB, because mm-hmm. she's so tender and warm and giving, and, like, mm-hmm. just, I just love being around Jeanette, and, like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if this is what this assert is going to be like, then I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Pam. Pam. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like it's uh, very similar to what a lot of y'all were saying. Like, you know, me growing up, I was always, I kind of knew that I was, like, different. Mainly because a lot of the girls around, like, you know, my age, my community, were just so focused on, like, that family element was just very big. Yeah. I feel like I keep on talking about that, but it's like, it was just, yeah. well, girl, because it shaped my your family. life. Yeah. yeah. Patriarchy's like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was just like, I, you know, everyone was like, dreaming of their wedding and dreaming of their like dream man and whatever and i'm like oh i can't wait to get my first paycheck (laughs) Um, so i was like i know that i am not the only one obviously to like go through this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. or like to try to figure this out so i just like want to connect with other women of color especially like latina women Mm -hmm. who come from like a similar background and have been able to like make it so for me Mm -hmm. it started as more of a like a professional thing Mm -hmm. like i want to be able to network with these people to help them help help me understand myself yeah but it was very interesting because it was like that's how it started but then as i just you know naturally going through college and i and i became an interest like my freshman year and then i ended up joining the organization my senior year so even in the middle of all of that as i grew into understanding my afro latinidad and like all the history you know with that and like seeing like these sisters in the org who were like latina but they were natural like they were they their hair not in their natural mm-hmm. styles like mm-hmm. i hadn't seen that before wow. so i was just like oh like this is interesting like mm-hmm. are you is that because you're half black or is that you know so because mm-hmm. i was just like i didn't know what it was so they're like you know well yeah like we are black like you're black and i was like what, <laughs> what? what do you mean i'm dominican like i'm not black you know yeah. that's like this ignorant things that people say when you just when you don't know what you don't know yeah right. so as they kept on like you know talking about that and their history and all this stuff and they had just so much knowledge and i was like wow like this is really interesting i'm like how you learn all of that yeah. like, you know they're like well you know they've started telling me about their journey and it was just a very like introspective mm-hmm. journey as well and it's like even the thought of like having other women of color not only like oh helping you grow professionally but also like helping you grow as a person and discover mm-hmm. these different aspects of your identity and like decoupling these things and like breaking them down and helping that like having these women also help you build you up and like help you achieve your vision like to me, we're all radical ideas. Right. I was just like, it I've never radical. seen women behave like that. Yeah, so right. I was not even expecting right. or looking for that. But yeah, and I went and I was like, you know, definitely did my research. I looked at other organizations. Yeah, um, yeah. Very much no, an investigator. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, like, of course, like, no org is perfect. OPB is not perfect. But yeah. OPB is where I found, like, the women, as y'all were saying, like, that I was like, wow. Like, I aspired to, like, mm-hmm. be, like, this person or, like, yeah. have the patience yeah. of this person or have the drive of this person or be consistent mm-hmm. like this person. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, even through osmosis, I just want to be around y'all. Like, there's yeah. just there's, like, <laughs> awesome stuff that I want to learn from y'all. Like, you're just yeah. so dope. And, you know, there's so many sisters from OPB that I just, like, I remember my first, not even, like, my first year as a sister, like, as an interest, I would just yeah. stalk yeah. so yeah. many sisters. I was like, Oh my gosh, she just graduated. She's already gonna get her PhD, or like yeah. she just graduated and she's gonna like go start her own business, start mm-hmm. her own bakery. Like that is just True. dope. Like she yeah. left corporate to like do her own food truck thing. Yes. And it's great and she's free. <laughs> like just seeing success in different ways too. And like you were saying, yes. like self care, yeah. especially for women of color, is definitely like an mm-hmm. act of revolution. It's political. Yeah, um, it because we've never been taught that, nor yeah, has right. it been something that's been encouraged by any sort of like state mm-hmm. <laughs> or right. government. Oh, right. Right, like we're always like built, like governments and economies are built on our backs to labor. Yeah. I feel yeah. so it's mm-hmm. never been like, oh yeah, like take care of yourself, mommy. Right, right. You know? it's also built to like so that we don't build community. Right, yes, so exactly. we're isolated from each other. Right, exactly. So, exactly. OBB for me was like an entryway to all of that, and I definitely mm-hmm. think like 
it's helped my life for the better yay yeah. oh my gosh okay i think it's a beautiful note to end on and we do need to go and get dressed for the gala <laughs> <laughs> to bye. celebrate this beautiful sister yes, yes. yes. okay bye everyone hope you enjoyed bye.